your teens are constantly bombarded with messages from so many different points of view. With everything that's being thrown their way, it's really important for you to encourage them to seek and to apply wisdom. I'm John Fuller in the studio with Dr. Danny Huerta, who runs our Focus on the Family Parenting Team. And Danny, I know you've got stats about our kids and how they interact with media. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, on this one, just in preparation to talk to you, John, I looked some of this up to, I appreciate to make you sure I was homework. ready for That's you. That's good. You That's bet. Good. You bet. No and, curveballs. Uh, 1970s, this was interesting to me, 1970s, kids got about 500 to 1,600 advertisements per day. Okay, 1,000 advertisements per day. Per day, yeah. And in 2021, it's 6,000 to 10,000 plus. Wow. It's just boom, just bombarded. And there was a study that showed... They followed uh, 90 teens with a camera uh, for four days to see how many brands they were exposed to Hmm. every day. 554 brands they're exposed to every day. This was in 2021. It's very very interesting. We are surrounded uh, by advertising all around, and our teens even more so through social media, uh, through their own friends that are advertisements mm-hmm. as well of brands and pressure. And then you've got uh, the normal, just the TV, the streaming, the movies, everywhere yeah. there's advertising. Well, we do live in a different world. Things have changed markedly in the past 10, 15, 20 years. Let's go ahead and hear now a conversation Jim Daly and I had with David Kinneman and Mark Matlock from the Barna Group, They've done a lot of research, and they have some ideas about how your teens can practice discernment in such a busy society. You give three practical ideas for practicing discernment. What are those three, real quick? Yeah, one of them is just asking that question, where is God? Uh The second is, uh, what claims is this movie, this Mm. song, whatever, kind of what making about view. life. Right. Yeah, what's it, what's it saying is true. You know, hey, we fall in love, we have sex. Is that true? Uh, this is what a, a man is like. Is that really what a man is like, the way that they're projecting uh, masculinity? Um, and then the third question is, where is hope and redemption found? Mm. And so is it found in Christ? Is it found? So it's always helping them see what's absent in what mm-hmm. the world is making. Yeah. So we weren't saying, don't watch this, don't do this, but it was, let's think about what it is that we're doing. And I think that helped them understand how to engage the world around them. Yeah. I, I remember a time with my daughter, Annika, where at dinner we were talking about cynicism and, and the role of cynical characters for comedic relief uh, you know, in, in sitcoms. And my daughter, Annika, the light bulbs were going off because she was like, I remember trying to be funny and make jokes with the family in, in the way that I saw these characters making jokes, but it, it never really went anywhere <laughs> because we, weren't, uh, uh, we didn't practice in cynicism in the way that the, that, that yeah. show did. That's a good example of cultural discernment. So how do we as people who are you know, committed to Scripture, committed to living faithfully for Christ, live you know, sort of in the world but not of the world? That's this whole message of being an exile. We're, we're, we're trying to be faithful like Daniel did and other exiles in Scripture to interpret you know, what's happening in our culture, not just to consume that entertainment, but to actually think actively about what Scripture says and what it means to live a faithful witness in light of that. Yeah. And, you know, again, I want you to respond to this. The astonishment that I have, and I think most people have, when you look at that research, your four core categories, that resilient Christians, that's 18 to 29-year-olds, only 10% of them have that kind of, I guess we could say that biblical worldview. 
And I want to ask that question, the other 90%, what happened? I mean, they were going to church with their families. They fell into their 20s, so to speak, and they walked away from their faith or it's lukewarm or, you know, they're going to church eh, because it's socially appropriate. And I want maybe my future spouse to come from the church or I want my future children to be a part of the church. I can't understand well, cultural all that discernment logic. is very hard because you're having to live in this tension, right? Yeah. So it's easier to regulate it and just say, we will watch these things and we won't watch these things. And so we make a bunch of black and white kind of family pronouncements. But what we don't teach our kids to do in that is they learn to follow the rules. They don't necessarily learn how to think through the tension of culture and faith. And uh, that's you know, one of the things that I think happens with a lot of those habituals and the others is they, they go, the rules are overwhelming and they don't make sense. That was a really good movie. Why couldn't I watch that? And to help them integrate that is really what's, uh, what's key. And I think as a researcher, it's so important to realize that I think it is harder today than it was 25 years ago to raise young people into resilience. Um, if you look back over, you know, all the cultural change, social change, even if you grow up in the Bible Belt, maybe especially if you grow up in the Bible Belt, um, you're not Christian just because you grew up in a certain context. And so that's what this research shows over and over. I actually think Jesus' parable of the seeds falling on different kinds of soil is very apropos to the research that we've done. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So you sort of see people whose, whose lives have been in church, but it's hard, stony ground. And, and those where the thorns come up and choke out the gospel in people's lives. And my research really has been a real-time exploration of what does the parable of the sower look like in people's lives. And again, for us as as leaders and parents and those who care about this emerging generation, we, ha- we should have great hope that God is still alive and active in this generation and that those thorns and thistles and the, the, the hardness of the ground, it's, you know, you see in scripture, there are some cultures where where you know God is at work and, and his people can go deep into him. And there are other times when things have changed and it's actually really hard for people to grow in faith. And so this is the real opportunity for us is how can we open up the ground in our, in, in our own hearts first and then uh, ho- hope to have that happen in the lives of our own children and those we care about. Danny, David brought up how it's really harder to raise resilient disciples today more than it was 20, 25 years ago. For the parent who is afraid of the pressure that the real world is having on their kids, how do we stay hopeful? Yeah, it's about creating an, an, an offensive playbook rather than a defensive playbook. It, it's looking at what do I need to equip my child with? What, what do we need to have in our relationship to open up conversations rather than what can I protect them from? in a world that they're going to have to live in, and preparing them with a steadfast faith. I love that the word abide. You know how Jesus says, abide in Mm -hmm. me and I in you. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The word abide is also a synonym for steadfast. Be steadfast in Christ, and in that you can be steadfast in all you do. How do we, with our kids, prepare them to be steadfast in their mind? And that is entering Uh, places with a critical biblical worldview mind, asking the question, why is this this way? Hmm. Why wouldn't it be this way? Why would I not believe in God? Instead of why do I believe in God, why wouldn't I? Hmm. And asking questions in different ways for kids to interact with the questions that are being posed to them by a culture that wants them to believe something different. And so you bring the opposing question for them. Some people say, why do you even believe in the Bible? Why would I not believe in the Bible when there's a lot of history there? Why wouldn't you? And so 
answering both sides of the question. Have your kids learn how to have use the power of the question to challenge the pressure and, and the the surrounding messages that come their way. But it's going to have to be done in a context of a relationship with your child. That means intentionality, having time with them, uh, being sensitive to their thoughts, their emotions, mm-hmm. uh, having one-on-one time, having meal times together, putting the phone aside and smartphones aside, having car rides together where you're side-by-side time, playing together, laughing together. All of that creates the context for your influence in your child's life as they face the pressures that come to them and they stand in a steadfast way and abide in Christ Mm. in the middle of all that. That's good. And I'm just going to echo something you said a few episodes ago. Create a safe place for your kids to think these things through and to express those things to you. Well, if you'd like to hear the entire two-part conversation we had with Mark and David, we've got a link in the show notes for a free download with a number of great ideas for follow-up. One of the best books on how to have conversations with your kids about the faith is by David and Mark. It's called Faith for Exiles, Five Ways for a New Generation to Follow Jesus in Digital Babylon. Quite a title, and uh, we're making that available to donors uh, today. So uh, be generous with Focus on the Family. Uh, Fuel our engines as we continue to make so many resources and create so much help and hope for parents. Uh, Make a monthly pledge or one-time gift of any amount. We'll say thanks by sending that book, Faith for Exiles. All the details are in the show notes. We'll hear more from our guests next time. And for now, on behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and the entire staff, I'm John Fuller thanking you for joining us for the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. From the Kendrick Brothers, creators of War Room and Fireproof, comes Life Mark. When David Colton's birth mother unexpectedly reaches out, it leads to a staggering truth from his past. Always wondered if my biological parents think about me. She loved you, and I'm so glad that she made the choice that she did. Inspired by a true story, Life Mark. Starring Kirk Cameron and Alex Kendrick. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Only in theaters beginning September 9th. Theater and ticket information is available at lifemarkmovie.com.